Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. School has started back up, and for the Sunshine Christian Preschool and Kindergarten, the school we have during the week here at our campus, it has started up too, and right across the hall from our offices is our kindergarten class, and they had the abacus. Now, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not so good at math sometimes, and I was wondering, can you really do math on this thing? And uh, yes, you can. Apparently, you can do addition subtraction, multiplication, division. You can even find the square root using one of these. All I've got so far is addition. I'll show you how. Let's say seven plus five. See, it's uh, the bottom row is ones, then tens, fifties, uh, I think, hundreds, thousands, ten thousands, hundred thousand, it starts going up. We'll just start with seven plus five. Okay, watch this. One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, that's the start. Now we've got to add five more. One, two, three. We don't have any more there, so we add a ten, four, five. We end up with twelve. You don't have to applaud. You don't have to do that. But it, 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 it really does work. It's kind of fun, too. I could see where kids could get into this. And the reason why I bring this up is because... In our scripture today, we're, we're going to look at the second half of Romans chapter 8. And the first half of Romans chapter 8, it talks about how we are now in Christ. No condemnation for those in Jesus. We're not held accountable or obligated to pay for our sin anymore. We live by the Spirit, and things should change. We're now adopted into as a child of God. And it says in there that if you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you know, in chapter 6, it talked about being buried with Jesus, raised with Jesus. Put to death the misdeeds of the body, you'll now live in the Spirit. You will live. That's the first half of chapter 8. But then the question comes up. If we're in Christ and we are participating in His glory, why do we still experience suffering? It seems like it doesn't quite add up. And so the second half of chapter 8 in Romans, it starts talking about why suffering is still going on even after we're connected with Jesus. And we need to learn this. We need to hear about this. This is part of God's design for us and how he's going to endure and help us endure through suffering, to get to the other side. It's part of what makes up the church. And we have to be prepared and know that we're going to encounter suffering before it happens. Because if you're going through suffering while it happens, and somebody tries to teach you that it is by God's design or God is going to use it, it just makes things hurt worse. So we need to know ahead. And I heard one preacher say one time that if you're not currently suffering You better be prepared because suffering is coming. Suffering happens in this world. Paul answers the question of why it doesn't seem to add up beginning in chapter 8, verse 18. And then he's going to tell us how we can maintain hope 
even in the midst of suffering. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to start with verse 18. He uses a little mathematical term here. I consider that all our present sufferings, he's talking about add, he's adding it up. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we have Jesus in us. We too groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we, have, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. In this passage, Paul tells us that we can maintain hope, that we can still endure suffering with hope, that we can still have something to look forward to even in the midst of our pain and suffering with the help, two ways, two actions the Holy Spirit helps us through that t- period of time. You know, he mentions why we still undergo suffering right up at the top of this passage. He says, you know, the earth, when sin entered into it, broke the earth. And it has been groaning as if it is in childbirth up until this present day. The earth is broken. And then he says, we are also broken. And even we who have been saved by Jesus, who have been brought into a new life, the eternity has now started within us. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit within us. We still live in broken bodies in a broken world. And he said, not only is the all of creation groaning, but we experience that kind of groaning and suffering too because we know we have broken bodies. We have broken minds. We have broken emotions. We have broken thinking. Has anybody ever experienced stinking thinking? And our life and our attitude, and it all seems to lean to whichever way we think. If we think bad thoughts, we'll start developing bad behaviors. We all have stinking thinking. And it's part of this brokenness, and we need some help, and we need some intervention. There are two ways the Holy Spirit says we can maintain hope in this trouble. The first is this. In the same way, it's talking about we can maintain hope. We have hope. We have something to look forward to. We have something better on the horizon. We have something coming. In the Old Testament, they were hoping and waiting for the Messiah to come rescue them. And they spent thousands of years waiting for the Messiah. In the New Testament, we're waiting for Jesus to come back. We know he's arrived. We know he came to earth, became a human in our place. So he could experience every single type of suffering, every type of pain, every type of temptation that we go through. He knows what it's like to be us. And he died on the cross 
in our place for our sin. He was buried. And after three days, he rose from the dead. We know it's all true because he rose from the dead. We know he's going to come back and get us because he rose from the dead. We know everything he taught us, everything he said about life, everything he said about holy living and honoring God is true because he rose from the dead. He is who he says he is. And in the same way that we have hope in Christ coming back, in the same way of the hope of the resurrection, in the same way we know we're going to get new bodies, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I love the fact that we're going to talk about two ways the Spirit helps us. One is He helps us in our weakness, and that kind of is like the idea of coming along beside us and helping us carry a burden we can't carry by ourselves. I just got to go to the dedication of Summer's Place yesterday here in Wilmington. Summer's Place is a transition house for a homeless mom or a homeless mom and her children. As they come out of the homeless shelter, they're allowed to stay at Summer's Place for one year. While they stay at Summer's Place for one year, it is their home. And they get to experience classes and guidance on how to maintain a budget, how to get a job, how to interview, how to write, a, how to, uh, write their resume, how to maintain a job, how to save, how to budget uh, for expenses, and then they're going to graduate them into their own home or their own apartment. And the preacher yesterday at the dedication, he kept hammering this home. This is not a handout, it's a help up. We need to We need to remember that, you know, God calls us to give handouts. He does call us to help the poor, but he also calls the church to do hand ups. Not just give somebody a handout where they have to be dependent on you, but to train them on how to do life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and he helps us carry the burdens we can't carry. There's no way we can get through this life of suffering without his help carrying the load. The other way he helps us is through intercession. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Why don't we know what to pray? Well, it says we're weak. It's talking about that brokenness. We have stuff that we don't know what to pray for all the time. For example, sometimes we don't know what to pray. I heard one preacher say, we don't need to pray whether we should endure or escape. Sometimes we are being attacked for our faith. And we don't know what is going to glorify God the most, whether we endure that attack and stand firm in our faith, or we escape so that we can continue to love Jesus and teach others the love of Jesus later. And for everybody, it is different. We don't know what to pray there. We don't know what God's will is, whether it will glorify him for us to stand and stay or to escape. Our missionaries across the world are faced with this often. And we have examples of both happening in the Bible. We have examples of people in Christ enduring the hardship, enduring the suffering, enduring the attacks, and it glorifies God. And we have people in the scripture who escape the hardship, and it glorifies Jesus. We don't know what to pray there. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of us. God searches our hearts. He determines what is best for us. The Holy Spirit interprets that prayer for us, and God's will happens over our life. Boy, that's a relief. 
We don't have to know the right answer when we go to God and pray and we don't know what to pray. Other times we don't know what to pray when somebody we know is sick. We don't know whether to pray for healing or for heaven. If they get healed on earth, they're going to suffer and die again and then get heaven. Does God want them to come to heaven now or does he want them to experience healing on earth now? A lot of times we don't know that answer. And it's totally okay to pray, God, I want my loved one to be healed, but your will be done. It's totally okay. That is not a cop-out. We don't know what God wants us to pray there, but it tells us that God searches our heart and the Holy Spirit comes in and knows what the, the heart of God, the heart of man, there's this intimacy that goes on between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are one God in three persons. And there's an intimacy the Holy Spirit has with us who knows what we need. And he prays that prayer for us. He interprets our groanings. We're suffering. And our loved one is suffering. He prays for us. Sometimes we don't know whether to go here or there, and the Holy Spirit will pray for us. This is such a relief that we don't need to know all the time the will of God to know that we are in the will of God. I love how the Holy Spirit helps us and then intercedes for us. I heard one preacher say it this way. I'll tell you what I mean to. Let me, let me just go on just a little bit further. This won't be on the screen. I just want you to listen. This is one of the most famous passages in all of Scripture. And a lot of times we take it out of context because it says God will do good things for us. But we have to finish it out. He's doing the things that will bring about our change to be more like Christ. Listen to what it says. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What's the purpose? For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God's purpose for us is to be conformed to the image of His Son, to be transformed in our character, to be like Jesus Christ. And He's going to work everything that's in your life to that moment. He's going to take your joys and He's going to take your suffering. And He's going to help, He's going to use those to transform your character, to be like Jesus. He's going to take your highs and your lows. He's going to take your everyday moments and your mountaintop experiences. He's going to take it from your valley experiences to just you've plateaued. He's going to use everything in your life to bring about your character transformation. So you can kind of think of it this way. God is going to answer your prayers according to what you ask for or according to what you would have asked for if you knew everything that he knows. See, God knows exactly what you need to be transformed, to look more like Jesus Christ in your character. He has searched your heart. And that doesn't mean he's ignorant. It just means he's close and intimate with you. And the Holy Spirit knows the will of God for you and translates your prayers, your groanings, when you don't know what to pray, into the prayer that will bring about the will of God to transform your character. It is such relief to me to know he's got me covered. When I feel like I know what I ought to pray, when I pray according to the scripture, and even when I don't know what I need to pray. We hope you have enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to, or maybe you just want more information about our church, 
be sure to fill out a Connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining, and we will see you back here next time.